All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news up, Graham Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down, Graham Chuck. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in. Episode 226 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. Joined by Bagged Milk, Jay Wanye, as always. Boys, it's good to be with you for our second podcast of the week. I like that we do two a week. It gets a, it allows us to get a good rhythm going. Um, if you have a certain amount of time to talk about nothing, double amount of time will result in double amount of nothing talk. Or it's like a double negative, right? Like two negatives is a positive or something like that. Interesting. Is that going in the world of math and integers, perhaps? And pregnancy tests. Two negatives in a row is positive. Double negative, yeah. I've heard that. Also, on I, I'd still like I know we're on Thursday now, but I'm still thinking about Monday's podcast with Hunter Ryan Singh. He was great. Oh man! Oh, if you so if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't listen to the interview with Hunter Ryan Singh, uh, go back and give it a listen because that dude, I, I said it at the end to him, and I and I meant it 100 wholeheartedly. The world of hockey needs more people like Hunter Ryan Singh because that dude, man, the passion, what he w- what he was willing to go through, and what he did go through to to get Hockey Night Punjabi off the ground. Um, his story in general is a great one. Go back listen to that podcast. Was um, it his idea, Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi? He was, it wasn't necessarily his idea, but he was like he was the first play-by-play guy. He's been, I believe, the only play-by-play guy they have. He tells the story of having to pay for his own airfare to get out to Toronto every Saturday to do it, and basically oh, classy. Sleep, perfect, perfect, sleeping in the Toronto airport in Pearson Airport, and then flying home that night. Like it was a great story. Um, and I can't wait, honestly, until we get him back on the podcast, Moanie, because he would just casually drop hilarious Oilers things in there because he is <gasps> such a fan of the Oilers that he'd be like, well, we, this podcast could go on forever if we were talking about how bad the penalty kill was for years. <gasps> and we're just like, oh, you know, you're one yeah. of us. Yeah. Mm. He talks yeah, about there's how... A, there's a deeper conversation to be had. 
Yeah, his family has a tradition. Uh, like there, there's a certain. He said it was a pudding, right? Like that kind of thing that you mm-hmm. have on birthdays. And he loved Wayne Gretzky so much that he would make his mom make this dish on Wayne's birthday so they could celebrate Wayne's birthday. <laughs> oh, he is one of us. Oh, yeah, he's totally one of us. Um, yeah. spe- Gary Gretzman. Speaking of one of us, the Edmonton Oilers lost, man, just just an absolute legend, a giant uh, in the Edmonton sports scene. I, I shouldn't even say Edmonton sports scene. Edmonton in general lost one of its greatest citizens earlier this week with the passing of Joey Moss. Um, I mean, everyone's had their chance to go on Twitter and, and you know, read through what, what former players, what fans, what members of the organizations, both the football team and the Oilers have been saying about him. Uh, it, it's almost like... It's been, it's been, it's so sad that he's gone, but all these memories and all these stories flooding in and getting one, you know, not one last chance, but a chance for everyone to focus their attention on what he meant to the community. It's really been great to see. And I'm just going to open this up now. If, if anyone else um, wants to talk a little bit and we're going to talk to Sam Gagne in a few minutes about it as well, but um, just, just kind of everyone's thought on, on, you know, the loss of Joey Moss, but also the outpouring of support we've seen. Okay, everybody, don't go away. Well, moment of silence, of course. Well, wow, fair enough. Well said. Um, well, for it, it was. It is so. This is this is literally a loss for the city. It is, yeah. and it's you know, it, but like, it is just so crazy to see how far this has gone, how big of an impact he has made in not necessarily our city in sports. And how recognized and how far that's gone um, is just so crazy to see. And I'm happy to see it because it's the respect that Joey Moss deserves um, for just who he was as a person, who he was for, you know, being a a leader for someone with, you know, with, with, with a disability like he had and, 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 and just how the, the, the effect, and how many, it's so, so awesome to hear all the player stories come out. And it's just amazing to see that all the players are just like wanting to jump on this to share stories and just to hear like more, more of the inside of like the type of guy he was and the fact like the positive impact he had on everyone he interacted with. For me, I think that on. for me, I just, I think when the news came out Monday evening, uh, Tyler actually called me to tell me about what happened and I was stuck to Twitter that whole night because it didn't matter what era of Euler or even a lot of players that didn't play for this team um, how much Joey meant to them and just seeing the levels of, of support and the tributes to him and the kind messages and just the different stories from different people, whether it was an oiler like Craig Simpson who came here in the late eighties or, you know, Connor tweeting out or Nooch tweeting out. It was just, it was really heartbreaking, man, because he meant so much to the city and he was such, he had such a, like a passion for life and everything about him was great. Even I was driving around, I was running a couple of errands before we started recording. And I saw, I saw an ad of him on one of, uh, I don't remember what he did ads for it was on the side of a truck as i was kind of sitting when winifred stewart association and it was just such a bummer man to lose just such a great piece of edmonton and just an absolute legend i think that like there's he's lived an amazing life oh yeah Mm -hmm. there is no 
element of tragedy at all associated with Joey Moss. He is a shining inspiration of what anybody can do, right? Like challenges or no challenges. That guy was extremely good at an extremely important job of not being the dressing room attendant in terms of cleaning, but like holding the room together, right? You imagine like those late 80s teams when he first came on board, how good they were and to have a calming presence like that in the room. It's such an interesting story. And that's why Gretzky. Oh, sorry, buddy. No, I was just saying that. And that is what a lot of the players talked about was, you know, after a win, after a loss, like no matter how tough things were going at the time, like you saw Joey and he helped you put things into perspective. Mm -hmm. I thought that the stories about him, just as you said, you know, being fun, right? Just being a guy who's shaken off a loss. It doesn't really matter to him, right? It was crazy. The Sam Gagne article. I know we're going to get to him in a little bit, which crazy in and of itself, but saying, you know, the, his favorite part of his eight point night was Joey Moss hanging out. Like, Oh my goodness, Sam Gagne, you're a hell of a person. And Joey Moss, you're a hell of a person too. Well, and I just, I loved, uh, I just, again, reading all the stories and the articles and everything that came out about him was a lot of fun as much as it was sad, but it was also fun. Like I love the idea that he would be in the dressing room, just chirping everybody being one of the boys and learning about how he loved to wrestle with the guys and they wouldn't, let him win by any means and it was just it was a battle and he was one of the boys and he was a bright spot for everybody whether they were a current oiler or not or if they came back to the city everybody wanted to see joey moss and i loved it i loved it a buddy of mine for a short time was one of the assistant trainers of the eskimos like on the medical team somehow or other mm-hmm. like helping with whatever and he told his story that they would Joey would wrestle guys on the team like the big offensive lineman would wrestle him, and if he lost, he had to dunk himself in the ice tank, right? He'd like <laughs> jump into the ice tank and get out. My buddy was like, "There was nothing more pure in this world than watching Eskimos watch Joey have to dunk himself in the ice bath and jump out." He's like, "It's my highlight of my job." Then uh, another thing too, like I was talking to Dave Jameson at TSN twelve sixty who who said he would sometimes go under there under the cold water and wouldn't come up for a few seconds and people would look around and be like, is he, is, is this, is this okay? Like, does he usually do this? Like most people can't do this. And then he'd jump up and like let out a big yell. Um, apparently they used to tell Eskimos when they, when they got to town or there was a thing that would go around when a new player would come to town, like you better show Joey Moss respect because no matter how many gray cups you win, no matter, no matter how many CFL all-star teams you're on, you will never ever mean as much to the community as Joey Moss. And I think that's even true yeah. from an Oilers perspective. You go back a hundred percent through hundred percent through every Stanley Cup, through every last place finish, through every head coach, through every GM, through the two arenas, through it all. Joey was always there in his seat. And I, I think it's gonna be just it's gonna be heartbreaking to to have that seat empty next year and, and for him to not be around. But I will say this and this is where the Oilers as an organization are always good. They're great at honoring their own. And, I, and yep. I'm sure they got, they have just some really, really heartfelt and meaningful ways to honor Joey coming down, down the pipeline. And it'll be great to see what those are. What do you, what if, if it was up to you guys, like mm-hmm. there's not I, enough, there, there's not enough. You're a thousand percent. Right. But like, what would, what's just kind of some of your guesses if we're just kind of workshopping here, like that the Oilers could do there's, I saw, I loved the idea. Personally, I'm a big fan of Tarzan boy is the win song, but if they changed it out to La Bamba yeah. for Joey, yeah. that would be great. I love the idea. I saw of renaming the community rank after yeah. him. That would yeah. be great. 
I would even like to see them rename the dressing room after him. That would be great. Just, I don't know what kind of ideas you guys had, but just like Jay said, there's never going to be enough. And as Tyler said, you know, we've made fun of the Oilers plenty of times on this podcast, but what they, I know they're going to do a great job. Yeah, they're, they'll, they'll do a good job. Like the, the big thing is, is just, you've got to try to capture his legacy. It's the biggest thing. And yeah. So, you know, yeah, like make sure his seat remains empty for all eternity. You know, mm-hmm. naming the rink. I have a statue of Joey Moss beside Gretzky. Like they're, they're like, Joey's at a higher level than Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne you Gretzky, know, I think, would be the first to tell you that. Oh, yeah. That yeah. interview that he did was amazing. And when he's like, he's like, talking it, about how how he gave hope to parents of kids who have developmental challenges, right? And they saw yeah. that Joe was leaving a very normal life, right? Which I thought was a very mm-hmm. interesting way to put it. And then at the end, he's like, oh, he's been my roommate off and on for years. Like, what? You were yeah. Wayne Gretzky's roommate off and on for years? Of course you deserve a statue. Um, like, it would be cool if they made a statue of like Joey standing beside and looking up to Wayne Gretzky or vice versa, or a statue of Wayne. Because like, those two are so synonymous with with yeah. one another. And I know I just butchered that word. But uh, because Gretzky is why Joey is here, right? Like, yeah. It's the whole reason why he was able to come work for the Oilers. But then yeah. Joey made it so much more. Like Gretzky obviously knew there was something special there. And that's why... He, he, he got brought Joey in. So like, it's important that those legacies are connected. And so you've got to reflect that. And I just think like making sure that the Oilers are supporting, uh, all of Joey's work that he did in the community with his charitable efforts and all that stuff, making sure that stuff doesn't go away. I think that's super important. Um, I would put his, um, plaque or statue or, or whatever type of memorialization they do in the room because I think where his impact was felt the most. Yeah, wasn't by the fans of the Oilers, but it was like a private relationship with Oilers throughout the years, mm-hmm. right? And I think, like, interesting your point about like his legacy, like what he stands for. I think Gretzky like put it very well, right? Like he was there as your friend, and he didn't care about sports. And like in a town where Oilers get shouted down at the Seven Eleven for not blocking shots and shit, there was probably a lot of times where it was just relief to have that kind of as an anchor. That's his legacy, I think. Jay, you, you mentioned the idea of leaving his seat empty for all eternity. And uh, at TSN 1260, we did, we did a whole day where all we talked about was Joey Moss. And we had listeners texting in stories. And there was one who talked about how the grocery his local grocery store had a, had a Down syndrome boy who worked there. And he'd see him all the time. And he'd like to talk about the Oilers with him whenever he'd see him. And, uh, you know, one day he's getting his groceries. Every, he's talking about the Oilers, said something about Joey Moss. And this other boy with Down syndrome leaned in and said, Joey Moss is my hero. And for me, I, I think of that seat and I tweeted it out, leave it empty for a year. But how cool would it be if, if after, you know, maybe a year of it being empty, you took that seat and the one next to it and every home game, you donated it to a family who has a yes, child with disability, right? Yeah. And, yes. and you give them now a tour of talking. the dressing room. Maybe you show them what Joey would do on a game day and all that. And, and every game there could be someone in that seat who looked up to Joey who who got who gets you know to to live a day maybe if Joey was their hero they get to you know have a night where they live like Joey and they get to give the That'd players the high fives they get they get to yeah. you know go That'd into the room after no. a win and all that right bro Chuck, I'm that's, promote you. that's a very good idea I'm gonna promote I you to the that. highest level of media you're low tide now that's a very <laughs> good idea dude low tide good job I, I wonder like 
I know it wouldn't look necessarily aesthetically pleasing, but I wonder if they could maybe replace Joey's seat with like just a a bright orange yep. version of it or something. I think so that, that would be everybody in the arena knew that was Joey's spot. But I love the idea of having a kid orange and green. That would mean the world to him. Of course, her, I love right? that. I like the legacy. Good idea with the chair color. Don't get me wrong, but like the legacy being that like people continue to be impacted. Like you said, your Amtrak is being his hero. I think that's a very, very good legacy. It's a great idea. No other should probably listen to this podcast, to be honest. Well, no other episode, but specifically this one. Certainly not. Yeah, just that five minute clip of your Amtrak talking. I have a feeling there's certain layers within the organization that might do that might already. You know? The usher in section one sixteen. Exactly. We're that already inside the building. Mm. We're Drove me out once. Yeah. Well. Um one of one of the Oilers players who had a real special connection to uh to Joey Moss and he he did it beautifully in the players' tribune. It, it was Sam Gagne and uh he's joined our podcast before he's gonna join us again in, in just a second here. Um but the bond those two felt was those two had, I should say was obviously very, very tight. And, uh, I mean, every former player who's come out ha- has said just some some great things about their memories of Joey. And I think over the last couple of days, I've really liked how the stories have been lighthearted a lot, you know, because that's what Joey was all about. He was always putting a smile on your face. And I think it gave the fans an even closer connection to Joey Moss in a way because, like you said, Wanye, there were, everyone in the community loved Joey, but it's just something different between him and the players and the staff. Um, so we're going to give Sam Gagne a chance to talk a little bit about that now. He joins us on the Real Life Podcast. Sam, as always, thanks for your time. And Sam, uh, obviously want to talk to you a little bit about your relationship with Joey Moss and what and what he meant to not just the community, but to the Oilers as well. And I'm sure you've seen it online. Just the outpouring of love and people sharing their memories of Joey over the last 24, 48 hours here has been incredible. Like the community obviously just love this guy. And even if you never met him, you had a connection to Joey Moss. But can you maybe talk a little bit about what that connection was like in the room between the players and Joey? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it just, you kind of felt that the first, uh, the first day that you got in the dressing room, just kind of the, you know, the aura that he had around him, um, you know, just the type of person that he was being out on that dressing room. I mean, he'd been there for, for so long and, and um, you know, kind of, like generations of players, he had been around them, and and you know you you hear the story of uh, Wayne Gretzky and you know, how he became part of the room, and um you know he's just one of those guys that you know every day he came to the rink, uh, he put a smile on your face and um really put things into perspective for you, and you know he was such an important part of uh, everything they do in Edmonton in terms of uh, you know creating a fa- family atmosphere. I mean. There was, there was no one better than Joey Moss. And, um, you know, we were able to develop a really co- close relationship with him. We, um, you know, the, the group we had at Edmonton at the, you know, when I first got there, were a young group. And we would take him for dinners and, um, you know, go hang out with him away from the rink, which was, you know, it, it was incredible. And uh, we got to learn so much from Joe. So it was um, a really uh, fun time in our lives and uh, something I'll cherish forever. Sam, for me, one of the most interesting kind of things was, you know, on Monday evening as the news was coming out, former Oilers, current Oilers, players from around the league that never played here, other teams sending out notes about Joey. Was any of that a surprise to you just to see the outpouring of support from around the league or was this, this a guy that no matter who you were, 
you got a little bit of time with him and it just made a world of difference. Well, yeah, I know personally when I, when I got a chance to, to play on other teams, um, you know, I, I would say to guys, you know, when we come, come back to Edmonton, it was, Hey, do you guys know anything about Joey? Uh, we got to get Joey over to our room. So, um, I would always get the trainers to bring Joey over and, um, you know, it was, you know, for me, it was like, you just pick off where he left off, but just getting a chance for him to, to interact with some of the other guys on other teams and for them to see the impact he had on the Oilers organization, it was, uh, you know, uh, after a while, everyone just, you know, Joey becomes synonymous with the NHL and, and, and everyone knows his story and, and, um, you know, how much he means to, to our room. So it was, uh, he was just a really incredible person. Um, you know, the impact that he made, uh, you know, even though he's passed on, he's going to, it's going to continue to live on. So I think um, he's, uh, you know, I, I could sit here all day and talk about, uh, you know, Joey's stories and uh, kind of the legacy he's going to leave. And, um, you know, as much as it's a sad day, it's, it's also, you know, I, I feel like it should be a celebration of everything he's able to accomplish and, and the impact he was able to have. Yeah, and I've really enjoyed that as well, how these stories all have such a positive angle. Like, you won't find anyone in Edmonton who will say a bad thing about Joey. And if someone has a story, it's one that usually leaves you smiling or laughing. Uh, Last time we had you on the pod, you shared the story about your eight-point night, and at the end, you were sitting and having a beer with Joey. And to me, like, a night where you make history, it ends with you just sitting in, as Joey would say, a cold, cold beer uh, yeah. like that to me, that just shows how ingrained he was in the fabric of this organization that on a historic night like that, it still ends with you sitting and having a beer with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, that, that night was, you know, obviously really special from a, a personal standpoint. And, you know, I, 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 it took me a while to get out of the rink. I get a call from Wayne Gretzky. I get a call from Paul Coffey, you know, Oilers Hall of Famers and, those are those were really really special moments. But at the end of the day, the number one moment for me is, you know, I'm getting ready to leave the rink, and and Joey goes to the back and gets a couple beers and brings them to me, and he said, you know, he wants to celebrate because he's proud of me. And there's there's no, like I I can't even recreate that feeling. Um, you know, it's sad to think about the fact that I'll never get that chance again. But um, I, I'm gonna cheer all those memories I, I, I got a chance to uh, to this year at the Christmas party sit with them uh, for the whole dinner and um, you know just ch- chat again have another beer and um, you know I over the last few years Joey had kind of been slowing down he's around the rink a little bit less and you know you kind of knew this day was coming so um, you know to have that night um, this year uh, it was it was a really special night for you know, for myself and then, you know, getting traded back to Edmonton for a second time and getting a chance for him to meet my kids and, you know, everything that goes with that. I mean, uh, I, I, I certainly don't take that lightly. And, um, it was, uh, you know, it, everything about Joey, it's, uh, he's just a, an incredible person. That's, uh, his impact's going to last forever. One of the tweets that the Oilers shared the other night was it going back a ways. It was uh, from 2013. It was one of, uh, a picture of you and Joey that you put out from uh, the wrestling night. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of people don't really understand what that story was. So I'm just hoping you could just quickly run us through that evening and what it meant because yeah. the photo is incredible. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a couple of good wrestling stories about Joey, but uh, but that one uh, in particular, um, it was his 50th birthday, and uh, Ryan Smith uh, put together a, a team party for him where we, um, you know, where, where he brought in a ring, and we had um, a couple of amateur wrestlers come in, and uh, they staged this entire event, and, uh, you know, at the end of it, we, you know, pushed Joey in the ring and said, Hey, you're up. And he got to go in and, and pin the wrestler and win the match. And, um, I don't know if you guys know anything about the history of, uh, you know, us staging wrestling matches in the dressing room, but Joe didn't win too many of those matches. We didn't let him win. So when, uh, when he won this match, he was so fired up and we all, uh, you know, we all got together and we picked him up over our head and we like started chanting his name. And he was so pumped up and it was just such a, such a great night such a great tribute to, to him and, uh, you know, how much he meant to us. So, um, the, you know, it was, it was, it was certainly a night I'll never forget. I, I love that you bring up that you didn't, you didn't just let him win. And, uh, Paul Coffey, when he was on TSN uh, the other day, he was talking about how, you know, you could give it to Joey, but he could give it back to you as well. And he shared the story of, when his first game back in Townsend's being traded, Joey Joey told him, you know, have a good game, but not too good of a game because yeah. he didn't want him to win. Do you have a good story of Joey like razzing you in the room, or was there ever a good uh, Joey Moss prank that he pulled on you? He was he was I, you know I I have I've told this and uh, I was talking to Andrew Cogliano about this the other night, but um, when I first came in, I was you know the youngest guy on the team, and um, you know guys would kind of give it to me, and Joey I think picked up on that. So he was so hard on me, but <laughs> so funny. We would just kind of go back and forth, giving it to each other. And, you know, I was at, at that age, I, I just, I didn't pick up after myself and I was, you know, whatever. So I would have Joey come get me from the complete opposite side of the dressing room, walk me all the way over to where my bag is and be like, are you kidding me? You're not going to pick this up. And I'm like, Joey, <laughs> out of your way to do this instead of just picking up the laundry bag. Right. That's you know he took great pride in his job, and I made I was making his job harder when I picking up my laundry. So um, it's just stuff like that that you know you always remember. For us as fans, I think you know the national anthem that he loved to sing, the just enjoying the moment. All of us got to see and appreciate that when it came to Joey. But maybe what's is there something that maybe the fans wouldn't be privy to know about this guy because just the outpouring of support from players and the league in general, is there something that we didn't know about him? Um, well, I mean, I think uh, we were just able to develop a personal relationship with him, right? Um, and, you know, I think that was the biggest thing. I mean, you know, like I said, with, uh, you know, with our group, we, we took him out to dinner all the time. Um, you know, we, we, uh, he had sleepovers at our house. We, we had a, we had an extra room at our house. So he'd stay over and, uh, and just hang with us. And, um, you know, you develop a personal relationship that comes with that. And, um, you know, I, I think at the time you're thinking, well, you know, this, this will be great for Joey. He'll, he'll get to see us away from the rink. And, um, you know, and, and looking back on it now, it's like, no, this was great for us. But, you know, the chance, you know, to, to hang out with him away from the rink. And it was, it was just the, the most special time. Um, to, buddy, sorry. I'm just on a call. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was the, the best time ever. Um, we would drive around, uh, drive around Edmonton and he would bring, um, you know, he'd bring his overnight bag. And so in his bag, he'd always have his, um, his James Bond GoldenEye soundtrack yeah. CDs, right? So he'd put those on in our car and he would, wherever we're going, like say we're driving to dinner, it took 20 minutes. He'd be screaming, singing this in the back. <laughs> be like, you know, it just like, and looking back on that, it, it was just, there's so much fun. I remember a time we took him, uh, you know, he's a huge wrestling fan, right? So he's like, we, we got to get tickets to this wrestling event. So we're like, okay, we look it up. It's at the, the Cineplex. It wasn't even like a, a live event. So I'm like, we're not going to this, Joe. And he's like, yeah, we are. We're like, there's going to be nobody there. He's like, okay. So we get there and we're the last people to show up. The, the theater is packed. We can't get a seat. So we're like thinking Joe's going to be bummed out, right? Like we can't get a seat. He was so fired up because we actually had to sit on the stairs and we're right in front of the screen on the landing. So instead of sitting down the whole time, he got to run around on the landing. And like <laughs> when the, uh, the wrestlers would do their signature moves, he would go up through them. And so, like, the entire theater's looking at him, and we're, like, thinking, you know, maybe he's embarrassed by this. And, nope, he was so fired up to be to be there in front of all these people, and he was the big show, and it was just the best. And, you know, just the, those those memories, you learn so much from that, right? Um, and uh, I feel so fortunate to, to have developed the relationship with Joe, and it uh, means so much to me. So, um, yeah. Oh, Sam, uh, we really appreciate you giving us some time today. It's obviously a huge loss for the hockey community, the football community, and obviously you guys had a really close bond, so we appreciate you giving us some time today. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, also, we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. Congratulations from everyone at Oilers Nation on your new contract. I know uh, uh, a lot of people in Edmonton are going to be rooting for the Wings next year, so congrats on that. Yeah. All right, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. All right, see you guys. See ya. Big thanks to Sam for giving us a few minutes on the Real Life Podcast today. Um, just a very well-spoken guy. And I mean, he's, I think, is he the only oiler now to appear on our podcast twice? Which, again, just speaks to what how great of a person Sam is. I mean, he didn't care who it was. If they wanted to talk about Joey, he was, uh, he was down to share some memories, which was great. You're also calling him an oiler despite being under contract. He's always be an oiler. Once an oiler okay. Teams okay. We should have signed that. Just listen to that interview. Seeing the article he wrote, like, why the hell don't you bring that guy back? Like, And yeah. why was some lucky young scribe around town so incorrect when he said he was supposed to be captain? I wonder every well, time he opened so it. correct. Well, I was correct. If yeah. Ralph Kruger wasn't fired over Dallas the Aiken, yeah. and it was still the coach, you would be right. There'd be a statue for you with that right oh. prediction. <laughs> Just me gesturing in the air while yeah. with a beer in my hand? Yeah. I think that Sam Gagne is a cut above, man. I truly do. And I don't think that that was really, to me at least, apparent when he was an oiler. Like, I don't think he was either fully embracing that role publicly, maybe behind closed doors. But, like, he's such an exceptionally well-spoken person. His article was so well-written. He's great. And to hear him just talk about, um, tell the story about when he lived with Robert Nielsen and Andrew Cogliano, and they always had an empty room for Joey to come have sleepovers at there. He went on a date with his wife early on. Like, what the hell? The best. Um, I love the, like, the story of, you know, it, it, or Sam makes it sound like he'd go pick up Joey for dinner and he'd just walk out with an overnight bag 
And it was kind of like, oh, man, you're you sleep over tonight, Joey? All right, man. Or uh, the other the other story I loved in there was uh, when Joey took him, said he wanted to go to the WWE event. You know, it's just a screening of WWE at Cineplex, and they get there, there's no seats, but Joey spends the whole show running up and down the platform, doing all the wrestlers' signature moves. Uh, the story of the 50th birthday they threw for him with, with the wrestling and Joey getting to win the wrestling match. Um Bag milk. They, they had a big wrestling event, right? And they brought in wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Ryan Smith held it for Joey's 50th birthday, and they brought in a ring. They brought in a bunch of local amateur wrestlers, and the climax of the evening was Joey heading into the ring, pinning the the villain or the champ at that yeah. point, and getting the belt. It is the best. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you're right. There's guys like Sam Gagne, too. That's the type of guy you want around uh, around your organization. We thank Sam again. Uh, for his time, beg milk in that interview. There is there was there anything that sort of really jumped out to you other than Sam Gagne's child walking in at some point and deciding he wants it on the interview as well, which is what that brief interruption there was. It is real life after all. I just I just really enjoyed hearing how much Sam Gagne loved Joey Boss. He talked about how and when he talked about coming back to Edmonton, you know because. It, first of all, it's amazing that Sam Gagne is 31 years old because it feels like he's been in the NHL oh, for 100. 200 years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But when he would come back with a different team, he would introduce a bunch of opposing players to Joey, and Joey would just win them over instantly. It's just no matter who you were, what team you played for, if you were coming to Edmonton, you were probably going to interact with Joey at some point, and it was never a bad time for anyone. That's like why I was even impressed by a guy like Max Domi. Never played at Edmonton, but tweeted out a really nice, just heartfelt condolence message for Joey Moss and what he meant, and seeing all the other NHL teams do it. Like you said, this is bigger than just being an Edmonton Oiler or an Edmonton or, or for the football team. Like Joey was everything to everyone. And I think, to be honest, the Sam's such a pro and how he closed out the interview by saying, you know, when I first got here as an 18-year-old, I thought we were doing Joey a favor by hanging out with him. But then you very quickly realize that Joey was doing us a favor by spending time with us. And it was just, you see the connection they had. You see how much it meant to him. And it was just really lovely to hear him tell some of those stories kind of behind the scenes that we as fans wouldn't ever get a chance to see. But as a fan, I got to say, the video tribute that Josh Park put together. For Unbelievable. Me, yeah. Man, I was cutting onions at my house that night, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. The way he did the anthem, the 2006, like the clips that Josh put in that video from 2006 and Joey doing the anthem was just, I'll never forget those. Every time he did it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember was. a buddy of mine one time when I was in high school, I was thinking of Joey Moss stories. A guy I went to high school with, his dad was an agent. So he got my buddy and his other friend or two buddies into the dressing room. And he said, my friend went to the dressing room once and one time alone, like the mid-90s, late 90s. And we were pretty little still. And he's like, it was crazy, man, because all of a sudden, Joey Moss was behind me with a vacuum trying to vacuum my feet out of the way. And he was like, what the heck? And he moved over and Joey kept coming at him with the vacuum. My buddy had no idea what to do. And so he like panicked and Sparky Goldchisky came over. He's like, he's just messing with you, man. It's fine. And he was like, oh shit, I thought I'd offended him. He's like, no, he's just bugging me. But when he, watching- when he wanted to clear the room, 
when he decided that the interviews are over, he'd fire his vacuum on and the room would clear out of reporters. Oh, yeah. Like Jim Matheson tweeted about that as well. Like, oh, he, did he? Oh, yeah. If you're in the room and then you're in the middle of an interview, but it's Joey's time to like vacuum, he doesn't give a shit if you're Hall of Fame writer Jim <laughs> Matheson. Like, he'll run you over. Um, and that was great. There was another uh, texter uh, to the radio station the other day shared a great story. They worked at Roger's place as a camera operator and like, you know, doing the production stuff. And uh, he went up to the Starbucks to get a coffee that's by the rink and it was closed. So he came downstairs where the rest of his coworkers were. And he was like, hey guys, heads up. The Starbucks upstairs is closed. And I guess Joey heard it. And the texter said that Joey brought over like the coffee machine and cups of coffee for everyone. And then told this guy, this is my birthday and Christmas present to you. And like just some <laughs> complete stranger. But Joey, Joey hears that they don't, you know, the Starbucks is closed. You can't go get coffee. And Joey goes and finds coffee for him and brings it over. Like, again, it just shows. And his sister did a great interview the other day. Joey was just synonymous with making people smile, right? Yeah. He had a joie de vivre that was just like incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did everything at 9,000%. Yeah. And it didn't matter if there was. Like Sam said, it didn't matter if there was nobody in the room or if it was in front of a building full of people. He gave it everything. And I think that's probably, you know, Tyler, we mentioned it a little bit too, even when we were just before this. The video that the Oilers put out of Joey just kind of soaking in the moment of the fireworks, it just, it was such a lovely kind of glimpse into his personality of living in the moment and just kind of enjoying what's happening around you. And Joey was the best probably ever at it. I think about the. I mean, 2020 is a bit, and there's no sense stacking up additional things to be unhappy about. The thing that sucked about this is that he didn't have a last game with a chance for Oilers fans to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. But in another way, maybe that's good, right? In the sense that, like, you know, he doesn't say goodbye. He's still there in spirit. Who knows? Yeah, and I, I, I kind of like that point as well. You know, because it's not like anyone, no one's forgetting Joey Moss. Ever, I was going to say anytime soon, but that's that would be incorrect as well. No one's forgetting Joey Moss ever, man. And his legacy is going to live on uh, with the Oilers for a long, 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 as long as they're here. It'll live on. And like we said earlier, well, I know I would bet anything that the Oilers are going to do a great job uh, to in a tribute to Joey. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Yeah, it, it'll be good stuff. Uh, it will be better than Josh Park's video prediction. Thank you. Of course. Uh, Josh Park forever. Episode 226 of the Real Life Podcast. Give some love to one of our sponsors here, Twig and Berries. Uh, winter is, well, it, it was here in Edmonton for about four days. And now I'm looking at the weather and it feels like we went from fall to winter. We're jumping back to fall Spring. quickly. Uh, but either way, get comfortable, <laughs> get warm. Essentials for the modern day caveman at twigandberries.ca. No judgment, no shaming, no fancy words, just real men. Whether it's for you or Christmas, yeah, remember, Christmas will creep up on you. You need a gift for that man in your life. You head to twigandberries.ca. Real men, real rope. No? Alternate? No? Okay. I mean, use, it could be. Like, I like that. You can use I'm, the running my, uh, I'm running my nutsack today, and um, I'm feeling good. I can't uh, wait to get the my hands berries on. are happy. I'll tell wow. you <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on a pair of a fresh pair of nuts back. Well, you need to leave your house because yeah, I, can't can't be, I can't be delivery Santa all the time. Oh, come on, man. Amazon. I'm trying to get it? them to you. You know I you know. haven't worn underwear since March bag milk. Be quiet. Well, that's right. Of course. You're you letting your twig and berries run wild. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I need the real twig and berries to, uh, you know, delicately wrap my twig and berries. The, uh, the big point of this ad read is to tell everyone they can save 15% <laughs> by using the promo code nation 15. So I'm glad no one cut me off before I got that out of the way. Promo code nation 15 twigandberries.ca. They got great yeah. products and they're local. It's always good to support local. Not that I I've also to- heard that wearing twig and berries underwear makes your twig and berries look 15% larger when you use promo code nation 15. Thank you. Only yeah, when nation you use 15 the promo code. has got multiple uses. I don't know if Try I can handle everywhere. that. And see what it gets I, you. Yeah, I can't handle that bag mug. I'm already in the red zone of alarm <laughs> for wang size. If I have another 15%, it's going to be detrimental to my game. Well, you're going to have to hook in an IV just in case, you know? This thing's got a right-hand turn in it already. I don't <laughs> like this conversation at all. <laughs> well, you have the power to edit anything we say. You're the one who thought it would be a good idea to have a sassy underwear brand for <laughs> organic conversation. <laughs> well, I think Swing of Berries leads in because their underwear is called Nutsack. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I can hardly think that they'd be mortified by this kind of talk. Well, exactly their demo. Their exactly. name is literally Twig and Berries. Like, well, Barry, t- like Barry Sanders. Right, right. Yeah, right. I, that's what I was thinking. What were you thinking, Tyler? Or Barry Obama. Oh, Beijing or Barry? Or they're just fans of berries in general because they're very healthy over at Twig and Berries. Well, that would be if it was spelled with an E and it's not. It's our friend Barry. Mm-hmm. We all okay. have one. Well, you know I can't spell. Or two. Has there been an oiler named Barry? Thinking, thinking. Barry well. Stafford. Yeah, true. Well said. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Barry yeah. Alive. Drew Stafford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Barry Gilbert. <laughs> Tom Gilbert's slow brother. Yeah, yeah. So slow. He's got no foot speed, but he looks like Tom. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. I screwed it up. Sam Garnier did not live with Robert Nielsen. It was Tom Gilbert. I forgot. I was thinking that because I was thinking back to Oil Change and the hilarious episode I saw a preview for but never actually saw it where they were cleaning up after a dinner. <laughs> oh, the hijinks. Mm-hmm. I loved when Sam was talking about how when he, he got here as an 18-year-old, he was messy when he'd leave stuff around. As my voice cracks, when he'd leave stuff around, um, Joey would like come yell at him and like walk him back to his stall and be like, don't leave your laundry bag like that. Pick it up. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah jo- and, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I think it Don't was either Joey's world, man. It was either Horkoff or Cogliano who talked about how, like, man, Joey was a little ruthless to Gagne. Like, he did not let him get away with very much. If anything. <laughs> uh, That's what, I love that. That was the beginning of a beautiful friendship that lasted mm-hmm. a long time. Great. 100%. Had Sam Gagne been named captain, as he and I both agree he should have been. In fact, I would never say a word to him about it. Uh, what would it have been like? Would it have been different than the Andrew Ferris era? I don't know. Like, I mean, Aikens would have had to have never been hired, I think. Like, I think that had a bigger effect on it than who wore the seat. did. Wink. But I'm going back to that Gagne trade. Like, the Gagne trade tree is is pretty sad to go down. Like, flipping them for for Ted Purcell. Damn. Oh, man. Which How do we do this? How do we always let it's, it's as though character doesn't come into question. No. And then, they, but then what they do is they go out and say, we need guys with more character after trading away character players like Sam Gunn. And Matt Hendricks. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they flipped Ted Purcell for a gentleman named Matt Cairns, who they took in the third round of the draft. And oh. uh, Matt Cairns, he is a graduate of Cornell University, but he never played a game in the NHL. Well, I believe I'm, he works at uh, Twig and Berries, doesn't he? No. Cornell man? Probably. Smart businessman go there. I would think that 
guys like Sam Gagne who love the city and are productive to the point of eight points in one night and were drafted by the oil <laughs> who are only 31. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I just, understand. they better have something where he he's back here after like, this is where he belongs. Yeah. You'd hope him signing. And Detroit, said he was an oiler. Yeah. Well, always an oiler. I, him signing in Detroit makes a bit of sense. Like you'd understand why Detroit wants a guy like that there. Dependable veteran, playing your bottom six, has some offense. But for him, like I believe Gagne still spends his off seasons in, you know, southern Ontario. So that that jump to Detroit. He does. I see him on Instagram doing leg lifts every thirty seconds in this giant ass house on the water. We oh. did it, Sam. We did it. Or jumping into the frozen ass lake. And I'm like, man, I there's not money in the world. I hate for, cold water is not my jam. Oh, buddy, you got You got to adopt the Scandinavian spa life. No, man. super hot, extreme hot, and then jump into extreme cold. That can't buddy, be good it's for you. So good for oh, it 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 is. The research would suggest otherwise, my friend. I feel if like you're I'm in gonna... a hot tub and you grab snow and put it on yourself, you feel alive. Yeah, man, it's good for the body. It's good for the mind. Highly recommend it. Get it in your life. I, I'm a big hot tub guy. When we go to Finland, when we go to Finland, your check because yeah. it is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I will show you the the sauna cu- culture and routine that involves 140 degree sauna and then four degree, eight to six degree um, lake dip. You're not afraid to get naked in close quarters of the man, are you, your check No, not at all. I mean, one Perfect. of the reasons I'm upset at my beer league is because, or upset at beer league hockey coming <laughs> back, is that I can't shower with the boys. You know. Now, hold yeah. on. There's a difference between <laughs> being afraid of it and looking forward to it. Um, you may have moved the dial too far for me. <laughs> no, I'm actually like not being able to shower after Beer League. We talked about this on a podcast uh, before when we had Josh Park on. It's actually like really angering to me. I hate driving home and being sweaty. It's oh, gross. I know. It's had gross. I actually been in the Sam Gagne interview, which has been packaged up so clearly that it's nice to know that I'm so close. I'm on a podcast with Sam Gagne, but not actually getting to talk to him. <laughs> I think next time we see him, that's the league question. Truth or true or false? The best thing about playing in the show was all the nudity. <laughs> true or false? True or false? I can't see how he disagrees with that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I Sam Gagne, Tyler Ramchuk. Sam Gagne, Tyler Ramchuk really wants us to ask you. It's the best I would love to you go to stand up your Ramchuk or go somewhere where your fellow human are having fun and just put you in the middle as though you just drank a liter of apple cider vinegar. And you just sit there with Russian <laughs> Judge Stoneface the entire time. I have an idea for an internet series, like a YouTube series, where it's just me interviewing people in the shower. In the shower. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, and you, not laughing at shit, even if the other person's dropping gold. No, and, and I think I'm also very good at that, not laughing at things, um, mm-hmm. which is a talent I've just, I've worked hard. My dad taught it to me and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, you guys want to hear a good Yeremchuk and father story? Yeah, uh, we, always. We curl together now, like me and his he, his friends who are his age, and then there's me. And I'm like more than half as young as these guys, right? Or half younger than them, however you phrase that. Um, so are the probably other, like a third of their age, aren't you? No, no, no. My dad is, uh, I think my dad's 57, 56, 57. So I'm about half his age. Um, aren't you 21? I'm 23. I just turned 23. 
Mazel tov. Go on. Um, so we only had three guys at curling because everyone was busy or whatever. And uh, one of the guys was like, well, I'm going to go back to work. So Sia, he took his break from work to come and curl for an hour and a half. Um, so it was just me and my dad. And he was like, so do you want to go up for a beer? And I was like, I, I, whatever you want, I guess. And he was like, well, I, I guess we could go have a beer. So we went and as I've said on the podcast before, me and my dad don't speak to each other very often. We spend a ton of time together, but we don't speak to each other very much. So we sat and had a beer in just complete silence at the curling club. <laughs> that was that was our night. And then we had one. He's like, I could go for another one. I don't know one. why I get so much joy from that. Yeah, like where did you grow up? Like, Arkham Prison. The punchline is always the same, but I love it. <laughs> and yeah, so we, we drank one. We sat close to the glass and watched the other curling matches go. And we finished what our first beers. Beer? Uh, I had a, a pilsner. He uh, he usually goes for Molson Canadian, um, but then he had a pilsner for his second one because I think they were out of bottles of Canadian. He hates draft beer. I love draft beer, so I had a Wild Rose Alberta Velvet Fog. I so, said yeah, we finished our first ones, and he's like, "So uh, one more," and I was like, "Sure, one more." <laughs> so we went and we sat and we well, had we're having a blast. Beer. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah that beautiful emotion. moment. Yeah, you get the chance to have. Um, you have a chance to have a couple of beers with your dad and not say a single word. You got to jump on that. I cherish these moments. And actually before that, because we're, you curl on like the bottom level and the bars upstairs. Right. Um, he was like, here, give me your broom. I got to go have a smoke. I'll put it away for you. So he like went and put my broom in the car and smoked. And I like went and bought the beers and then waited at the table for him. It was hilarious. Had a great time. That's beautiful, man. I imagine your dad is you with a mustache. Yeah. Hello, son. Yeah. Hello, Tyler. I, I am Trevor. He doesn't call me. He doesn't call me son. He usually doesn't like refer to me as anything. You just like that's strange. He has like the voice where you know he's talking to you, so he doesn't need to say like Tyler or son or anything. He'll just be like, "Hey," and you're like, "Oh, yep, that's for me." There's something in your family's genome that makes you completely unimpressed with everyone you've ever met, especially I would assume one another. I didn't realize right. until <laughs> two years into knowing you that my sister knew your cousin, and I did too. And I remember her as being somebody who detested me on sight every time she saw me for six years socially out with friends. I was like, God damn, that chick hates me. Of course. Of course you're related. Yeah. It's, uh, it runs in the family. It's all good, though. What we, are your family reunions like? Just a lot of crossed arms and blinking or what? Very quiet. So. Yeah. Well, and, well, until we get drinking. I remember, so like my dad, <laughs> both, both, both sides of the family are big, but my dad's side like a lot of male cousins. I mean, a lot of cousins in general, but a lot of male cousins. We'd go to my Baba's house in Vegreville, which was an old, old, old house. And we would play fucking mini sticks in her upstairs living room, man. But like, it would have been when I was like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, And my cousins were all like 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. And we'd play like full contact mini sticks upstairs. And if you sat in the basement, which is where we'd have dinner, but we'd play mini sticks upstairs for some reason. Like, it would sound like the house was about to just collapse because, like, someone's body would hit the floor and, like, dust would fall from the ceiling downstairs. It was wild. One year M check telling a joke, the rest of the year M checks not laughing. Pretty much. You sit in the same pod every year. You talk to, like, well, now that's what it is because we don't play mini sticks anymore, unfortunately. Um, but you just sit in the same pod of, like, four people, talk to them. Midnight rolls around. Everyone kind of goes, like, oh, time to go. See ya. See ya. Good to see ya. Bye. And that's kind of it. All right. Now uh, you're all updated on my family life. That's why I listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What are um, you I just, up I just, to? 
I've also decided that I don't believe them. I just imagine they're sitting there, like Wanya said, cross-armed with an episode of Corner Gas on, and they all just blink in unison at the screen. <laughs> it's Click. A, That's the sound of them all blinking. In yeah. <laughs> at, at Christmas, it's the Sportsnet like highlight reel show. We just watch that on repeat. That's usually what's on TV. I remember that goal. I remember that goal. I remember I that. I do remember that goal. I, I remember I when that. he went around that guy. I remember that. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Does each year Remchuk have a specialty skill like yours, obviously being a legit sports reporter at the age of eight? Does have everybody one, have one thing? cousin who like ripped up the AJHL for a few years, eventually went up to Alaska, played NCAA with Colton Pareko. Uh, then he no played cool. on the same line as Ryan Smith with the Stony Plain Eagles. Was he on the ice when it happened? Uh, I'm not sure if he was on the ice, but he would have been at that game, yeah. Um, all right, we got to uh, switch gears a little bit here because we got Odd Shark to talk about. We got sports betting to to chat on. Um, so, yeah. Wanye, this is the point of the podcast where we trade you. Good luck to everybody with your various pursuits. All right, I'm going <laughs> to add in. Uh, it's it's not Scott Hastings this week. Like I said, he's on vacation, I guess, for one day, or he has the day off because, you remember, he is a professional better. He, uh, he does this for a well, living. He's been winning. He's celebrating his wins. Yeah, he has been he winning. Autrek.com, uh, your spot for all your sports betting information. Become a smarter better. Use Autrek as Joe Osborne answers the phone. Joe, this isn't like when we talk on the radio. There's no preamble. We're recording the podcast right now. So welcome in. What's up, guys? Let me just set this up. I didn't know if this was going to be video or... We don't I- use the video. We only use the audio. It's just better this way because we can all see each other's faces and whatnot. Okay, let me uh, get this rigged up here. I got a little, a little rig. What's going on, guys? Not much. Hoping to win some money, my friend. Yeah, we uh, we are. Uh, Joe, we're joined by uh, Jay, one of the founders of Oilers Nation, and a gentleman who we refer to as Bagged Milk. We don't use bagged his real milk. name. I remember back in the day, uh, people would get bagged milk delivered to their homes, but uh it seems kind of inconvenient, milk in a bag, right? Because you have to, a, uh, you, you cut it with scissors and then yep. you just kind of open in your fridge. And uh, not my cup of tea. If I want to have a drink in my fridge, I want to be able to put the top back on it, right? So I like the way they're doing milk. Uh, milk now it seems more uh, <laughs> it's more come a long way. Right? It's yeah. a it's a terrible vessel for carrying milk. I will admit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe, one of the reasons I love following you on Twitter is because you tweet out just fantastic betting advice and numbers and all that. But then once in a while, you hit us things with things like nothing kills productivity like convenient access to pornography. Um, that's a tremendous well, it's, tweet. It's true. Like, I'm it's, married, it's very true. Like it's everywhere. I'm a married guy right now, like so I, I won't go into uh, hardcore details. But you know, if people everyone goes down that rabbit hole with uh, on YouTube and uh, Wikipedia and stuff like that. But when you're talking. Uh, Adult cinema is a completely different story because your, your curiosity <laughs> just takes over, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to some sports betting. Uh, I, just sure. a general question about you. How long have you been with Odd Shark for now? Uh, five years in September. So five years in September. I uh, Like a lot of people, <laughs> I was a hardcore fantasy guy mm-hmm. and uh, you know would mainly do like money line parlays and stuff like that. I was by no means was I a hardcore better. And uh, then I kind of got my foot in the door there, and it kind of took off. And I learn more and more every every day, every season. And uh, it's an absolute blast. You know, every single game is a different puzzle, no matter what the sport. And you're trying to crack the code. And that's what I tell people, like people that don't know anything about sports betting. 
a lot of people would assume, oh, Joe works in sports betting. He's probably going to, you know, nine and one every week in the NFL. But I could spend two hours looking at a game and come up with my pick, whereas my mom could say, well, I like that team because they're wearing blue. And she could win, and I could lose. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's like I said, a different puzzle every week. Sometimes it's impossible, but I love trying to crack the code. I, Joe, I'm the rookie. Yeah. I'm the rookie better on the podcast. Uh, so every week I like to ask a rookie betting question. Sure. Um, hoping for some advice here. Got a, sure. I got a DM on Twitter saying, listening to the podcast last week, Tyler was talking about parlays. As a rookie better, I recommend that you stay away from parlays. Would that be something that you'd agree with? Yeah, for the most part, you know, it, it's uh, it, when when you're adding more uh, more more things have to happen in a parlay, right? Especially if you're parlaying spreads and totals. Like, never mind money lines. Like, if you want to do par- parlays, I would recommend just sticking to money lines for the most part. But, uh, yeah, like I couldn't tell you, and everyone who's bet has a story or they're doing parlays with, you know, five or six legs on it, and the one that looks like the sure thing is the one that loses. So I would say if you want to do parlays, stick to two teams and keep it to money line. And some people take betting a little bit too serious, like like a lot of the betting snobs and the, the, the sharp types would say never do parlays, but... Keep in mind, like a lot of people out there, they're just betting ten or twenty dollars. So I see nothing wrong. Like if someone wants to have a little bit of fun and do a, a bit of a long shot bet, just uh-huh. for the the entertainment sake of it, you're probably not going to win. To be fair, but uh, sometimes those hit, and that could be an absolute blast. Well, it's entertainment at that point. You got to jack up the juice if you're only betting ten bucks. Can't get oh, bet exactly. ten and win eight. Yeah, you know, try to turn ten into a hundred. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, this is another random question. Uh, do you remember the first time you ever bet on sports? Um, yeah, we do. Uh, I grew up in New Brunswick, actually. Do you guys have Proline? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, and everyone kind of got wise to it in the past couple of years. Proline's a bit of a ripoff, right, compared yeah. to if you just go like, an online sports book or if you happen to be down in the States at a uh, sports book casino type thing. But, uh yeah, I used to work at uh, Irving Gas Station pumping gas. So the boys would do the uh, the money line parlays at the NFL every weekend. And just the most ludicrous bets. You know, you have five or six uh, teams on a ticket. And uh, so, yeah, we used to do those every weekend. Sometimes you hit one occasionally and mark out with a good payoff. But, yeah, just uh, a little bit of entertainment for the weekend. Those um, were, uh, my introduction to betting. I remember the first weekend after I turned 18, I was... I was more excited to be able to go buy Proline tickets than I was any other perk of turning 18, which is the legal age in Alberta. And I remember like my third day betting, I did a $5 ticket and like uh, the World Series was was on that year. I did a $5 ticket that had like a couple of the World Series like player ones where you have to pick like the which guy will get more hits or total bases or whatever. And it was like $5 into like 110. And for 18 year old me, man, that was that still might go down as one of the best betting days of my life. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> well, that's a life-changing sum of money at 18. At 18, man? Like, when you're drinking beer that's $15 for a 15-pack kind of thing, like, winning $110, that's you're setting yourself up for a few months at that point. Yeah, yeah you're the richest man alive. Okay, <laughs> um, end of a week, eight, Joe. There's a couple games I want to get your take on. Sure. Uh, Tua Viola getting getting the start for Miami against the Rams. Yeah. That's quite the introduction to have to go up against Aaron Donald in your first game. And looking right now at Odd Shark, you got 
it's a three and a half point spread right now favoring the Rams. Your guy's supercomputer has the Rams winning by one. What's your take on this game? Like, how do you handle a game where it's a rookie quarterback and you might not know what you're going to get? Um, it's kind of guessing at that point, right? So, like, if you want to put big money on this game, I'd, I'd say it's probably stay away if you're going to do, like, if you're looking to pick either the Dolphins or the Rams because you don't know what you're going to get. And like I said, it's not it's not really handicapping at that point. It's guessing. So you might as well flip a coin because we don't know what we're going to get from this guy. I'm a Dolphins fan, actually, so I have a lot of opinions on on the situation here. But you got to keep the expectations in check. And I don't think it's fair to expect Tua to come out and have an exceptional performance out. He might have a pretty good game. He might have, I think, a pretty good game is if he throws for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick, for example. He's going to make a couple of mistakes. But that's just an assumption. I don't know. Like, we didn't get a preseason to see him uh, go up against a higher caliber defense compared to college. So, yeah, there's a lot of guest work here. But this game, it looks like a real defensive battle. Uh, Miami is coming on strong. They look like a really good defensive team lately. Of course, we saw what the Rams did to the Bears on Monday Night Football. Mind you, the, the Dolphins offense is much better than the Bears. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit of a stay away in terms of picking a side. If I needed to, I'm a Dolphins fan. So I'd take the Dolphins there, of course. Go with your heart. At, uh, at the plus three and a half. But it, it, it's a bit of a bad game situation for the Rams, when you consider a couple of things here, first of all, it's on a short week because they played on Monday Night Football. The week before that, they also played a primetime game. Now they're traveling all the way to the East Coast to play in the early time slot. So, I don't know. Sometimes you can take that stuff with a grain of salt. That type of stuff can affect different teams in different ways. And maybe that is guesswork there as well, trying to determine if that's going to affect them negatively. But, uh but yeah, it's a bit of a tricky game. But if I needed to make a bet for that game, I would go under forty-six. Uh, speaking of things that affect different teams different ways, uh, bye weeks. You've been uh, sending out a lot of info on this. I know you've done your research on it. Sure. What are some things you're looking at when betting on a team that's coming off their bye week? Uh, just past performance under that coach, right? Like, like if you go back and say, uh, you know, the Houston Texans since. You know, 2005 after the bye week, that doesn't really matter because it's been a different coach, different quarterback, different defense. So it's all about how the coach prepares the team during the bye way and what type of preparation they're doing from a game planning standpoint. Like one that I looked at last week was that the Raiders uh, in their two seasons under John Gruden coming into this one, they had gotten absolutely obliterated out of their bye week. They were really bad. They got beat by, I think it was 20 points and 14 points in one of those games were at home. And that was a big reason for me liking the Bucks there last week. Now this week, it's probably the best game of the week, guys. A lot of people are really interested in this one. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Um, out of their bye under John Harbaugh, the Ravens are 10-2 and two straight up and 9-3 and three against the spread. And that includes a very impressive 37-20 win over the Patriots last season as a three-point underdog. So they're really good out of their bye. The Vikings under Mike Zimmer have been pretty bad, 2-4 and four against the spread. And they have a really tough matchup in Green Bay. So that's something I consider. But, you know, when you're handicapping these games, you just don't look at one thing. Some of these are just trends, right? You always have to have stats to back the trends up. But uh, it is definitely worth considering in terms of a uh, game situation. 
Uh, the other game I wanted to get your take on here before we get to our picks this week. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to put you on the spot with picks. We do a little thing with Scott every week where we're tracking how we're betting throughout the year, and he sent me his. Uh, but that Chiefs-Jets matchup, when I saw the spread was 19 and a half, I went, holy shit, that's kind of hilarious because the Jets are terrible. And I also like how your guys' supercomputer is predicting a 41 to 6 win for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, when a spread is that large, like there's a part of me, and we talked about this a little on the radio Wednesday, which is why I sound so smart when talking about it. But like KC might take their foot off the gas a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the uh, the Chiefs brought Chad Henney in last week because they were beating the crap out of the Broncos. And he, he looked all right. He ran a touchdown in, if I'm not mistaken. And they, uh, they beat them pretty good. Uh, but you look at the history. I think I tweeted this out earlier in the week here. Let's see if I can find it really quick here. I just got my computer here right in front of me. Um, bah, 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 bah. Very exciting for the listeners. Hey, listen to a guy's cool. This podcast this never week. promises to be exciting, so it's on brand. Yeah. Nor entertaining. <laughs> Nor entertaining. Okay. I like it. We're under promising and more so under delivering. I like the honesty. I can't find it here, but uh, I think it was since the late 80s, there's been 12 instances of a team being favored by 20 or more points, and the team being favored by 20 or more points only covering three of those 12 games. So they won every single one of them. There was no major upsets there. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were inclined to take the Jets in this spot. I'm not one of them. How many We've seen the Chiefs obliterate teams all the time. They win by 20 quite often, this version of the team, with Patrick Mahomes. And even if they do take their foot off the gas, uh, this Jets team is historically awful. What's to say if the Chiefs pull, you know, some of their key players on defense that the Jets are still even going to be able to do anything against them? You know, I'm not betting on that one. One spot that I did like in this one is the Chiefs' first half at minus 11. So you look at the Jets. They have a league-worst first-half point differential of minus 11.57. On the road, they've averaged 3.3 first-half points. The first-half point differential on the road is minus 16.4. So, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to come out flying. So, Chiefs minus 11 in the first half. Uh, that's not a bad bet. I would assume that they'd be up by 13, 14 points at halftime. Any bets this week you're uh, you're really liking? Any games that you go, ooh, that one, uh, that one might be where the smart money is? Yeah, there's one that's talking to me. It's uh, the, the Titans at five and a half against uh, Cincinnati, in Cincinnati. And sometimes I like to look at, at teams coming off a loss, right? Because some people undervalue them a little bit. And they almost came back against Pittsburgh there and had, had a good win. But uh, So this opened at four. It's up to five and a half, six now. I love Tennessee anywhere inside of seven points. So this is just an absolutely monster edge for the Tennessee offense a few key stats that i like to look at so over the last three games the Bengals rank last in opponent points per play meaning they give up a lot of points and they give them up quickly and that same span titans are first in points per play so they score a lot of points and they score them quickly also gigantic edge for the titans on third down and then the red zone tennessee defense stinks but they're getting a little bit better they're not total trash I would argue that the Bengals' defense is total trash. And Bengals' offensive line severely beat up guys. Four of the five offensive linemen questionable. Always look at offensive line injuries. People tend just to pay attention to the skull guys, the guys that are on their fantasy team. But the offensive linemen 
that you've never heard of. These guys make a big difference. Meanwhile, uh, Cincinnati on their defense, they just traded this Carlos Dunlap guy, one of their better defenders. So you got to wonder, you know, they're probably playing for the future a little bit here, right? I don't think they're uh, inclined to make a push for the playoffs. Not to say they won't be making an effort, but uh, that's just another piece of personnel off their defense going against a top five offense in the league. So I, I think Tennessee can win that one by double digits, by 10 points easy. Uh, a bit of a boring game that people won't really have on the radar this week is Chargers-Broncos. Total for that one at 44, and I like the under on this game. So the teams, uh, they're both great in the red zone defensively. Fourth and eighth in opponent red zone TD conversion percentage. What this means, we're going to see a lot more field goal attempts opposed to touchdowns. So that makes a big difference, right? Denver offensively in the red zone, 30th overall. Uh, and the stats that I like looking at, points per play. Uh, it's the team's ability to, first of all, score and how quickly do they do it. Broncos, 30th in points per play. Chargers, nothing to write home about at 22nd. And they're both awful at protecting the quarterback, too. 28th and 23rd at QB pressure percentage allowed, but they're both 8th and 10th at rushing the quarterback. So neither quarterback's going to be very comfortable here. Neither offense is great to begin with. So uh, I like the under 44 over in Denver here on Sunday. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the Guys and Bets show is when you give your teaser bet of the week. Um, yeah. You want to you let us know uh, what your teaser is this week? Uh, there's a few that I'm eyeing oh. right now. A few spots. Uh, the, where are we at here with all of my stats here? I love the uh, the Packers, I think, are a great teaser oh. here at minus seven. So you're going to get them down to minus one. So basically an outright win is going to take care of business for them. And they're a much better team at home. I don't think that's really much of a surprise. But if you look at some of these stats coming into this game, I'm going to come upon it right now. So the Packers, uh, they lead the league in net yards per play at home. So much better at home. Vikings on the road, 25th in net yards per play. Uh, we talked about Mike Zimmer. Uh, the Vikings, very bad. Out of their bye, just 2-4 and four against Fred. Uh Green Bay is excellent at controlling the clock. They're second in time at possession. Minnesota's 29th. Green Bay, fourth and third down conversion percentage. Minnesota's 28th. So a bunch of big edges there. So I love Green Bay on a teaser. And the other one that I would probably look at, uh, Tennessee's not a bad pairing with that, but I'm going to see what the numbers are at tomorrow, but probably Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I totally agree with them being a three-and-a-half-point underdog in Baltimore. Uh, the game situation favors Baltimore. Like I said, off the bye, if they have any injuries, they're probably healed up by now, any serious ones. Whereas if you look at a lot of the stats, a lot of them favor the Steelers, and this Baltimore Ravens offense isn't as good as they were last season. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a hard time throwing the ball. And he doesn't have the receivers that Ben Roethlisberger does. So if you could get you get the Steelers all the way up to plus nine and a half on a teaser, I do think that is a, a fantastic spot as well. So somewhere within those three teams, the Packers, Titans, and Steelers, uh, I don't think you can go wrong on a six-point teaser. Uh, for people who are listening to this and saying, ah, oh, this Osborne guy, he's pretty smart. Uh, guys and Bets, it's on YouTube every every day, right? Monday to Friday. What time? How can people watch uh, no, it? Just- just, well, the only thing left right now is football, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, 
So we do a, a Thursday show, and that's, you know, heavy focus on the Thursday nighter with picks and props. And uh, usually we'll look ahead to the weekend then with some college football stuff, some UFC stuff, sometimes some golf. And then uh, every Friday, that's the big football Friday show where we're uh, covering, you know, all the best bets for NFL Sunday, some more college football mixed in as well. So, yeah, uh, Guys and Bets, Autark YouTube channel, 12 Eastern, 9 in the West, uh, Thursdays and Fridays. Perfect. Joe, appreciate your time today, man. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Thanks, good Joe. luck with all your bets, and good luck to all the listeners as well. Oh. Perfect. There we go. That's Joe Osborne from Autark.com. Your spot for sports betting information becomes smarter. Oddtrek.com, lovely sponsor of the pod. That guy, man, he's got uh, he's got numbers coming out the wazoo. Uh, I was intimidated. I'm like, I, I, I could like, bet everything play. he says. I was having a hard time following it, to be honest. I was just yeah. like, man, this guy is he's go he's diving in deep here. Yeah, he's a supercomputer. Yeah, he, he is in the weeds. Um, all right, uh, let's get to our picks of the week. I got Scott Hastings here. I'll, I'll read his off before I get I, to ours. I, I, want to, I want to announce okay. that I have a strategy for this week. Ooh. So I will go last. Okay. Uh, okay. Scott's three bets this week. He's got Tampa Bay minus 10 and a half, taking Brady and the Bucks to handle the New York Giants rather easily. He's got LA Denver over 44. So he is going opposite of what our friend Joe Osborne said, which is interesting as well. Um, so he's got that one over 44. And uh, he also has Sunday. He's got Rams plus two and a half, or sorry, Falcons plus two and a half tonight on the Thursday nighter. So those are uh, Scott Hastings' three picks for us. Uh, Chalmers came in. He said he's taking Seahawks minus three and a half. And uh, Bag Milk, you want to go next? You got a pick? Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm very, very happy with my pick now because I, cause I was originally going to take Seattle. Chalmers jumped in first, so I'm respecting the shotgun approach. So I'm going with Tampa as well. So okay. to have Scott Hastings say that was also his pick makes me feel pretty good about it because I wasn't feeling so great about it until just like a moment ago. I am going to, uh, it's not tailing Joe, but he said he didn't mind this bet. I know I'm going to be throwing the Packers in a ton of my teaser parlays this weekend, but I like this bet for them. They're 4-0 against the spread in their last four games as home favorites, while Minnesota, they're 3-12 and straight up in their last 15 games as an underdog. Uh, this is a game that I think the Packers win, and they win rather easily. Packers minus 7 is my lock of the week. Jay, research Jay. You did it? Uh, what do you think? Not with the hard I, I had a system, and I don't know if I have a system anymore. Before Bag Milk, bef- Bag Milk are you what, – what's your record this year? I'm 5-2, and two, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. So my, my strategy was to fade Bag Milk. <laughs> that was my strategy going to this because I'm like, fuck that guy. The math, the math has got to – you know, the math has got to balance itself out and work against him. But I don't know if I could take the Giants against Tampa. See, and I thought Whoa. for sure, because my, my pick number, my other one, because I was kind of figuring you would go Browns over Vegas. So I was all. Oh, I'm not touching that game. I'm scared of that game. That's a, I was also eyeballing that one. I've taken the Tampa. approach. I've taken the approach this year of we're in this together, and I'm always rooting for you guys to hit your bets. Like, we're 14 and 14 on the year. I want to see us end the I year see, like five, like, six games over 500. I like the idea of, you know, 
betting against each other. Okay. I find yeah. that to be fun also. All right. uh, I, I think so too, but I just, I really, I was, I would have been more comfortable taking San Fran over Seattle than the Giants plus 12 and a half. <laughs> like, they don't have, like, I know they don't have Saquon Barkley because he was my guy. I don't have him anymore on my fantasy roster. Oh, man. Well, and it's like, so the way I looked at this, and I'm, I'm actually going to write this down to ask Scott next week, is I look a lot at points for, points against, because, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And for me, New York just, they don't produce very much, and they allow a lot more. Their differential is yeah. minus 52. So oh, that's yeah. why I, that's where I settled on Tampa. And, and Brady's humming now. Yeah. After last, like, he is humming. So I am not touching that. Um, talking about teaser bets with Joe, if I think if you tease Tampa Bay down to six and a half and tease the Packers down to minus one, I can't see a way that loses. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with like obviously like see I, I always wanted to take the Brownies, you know that, um, but Vegas beat they beat Kansas City, like they've got it in them. That's pretty lethal. But or did KC kind of take their foot off the gas? Lose like Tyler said. But they, Casey wanted to win that game, though. They didn't, like, they, 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 like Vegas straight up beat them. The decision so, is yours. We are waiting for the... I know, Wally, you, you, threw me, you threw me off. You threw me <laughs> off. I kind of like the idea of taking, uh, taking Miami, but I'm just too scary. So I'm going to go with... Um, Buffalo has been so shitty the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to figure it out, so I'll take that minus four. Buffalo minus four. Jay's pick is in. So we got Chalmers at Seahawks minus three. I'm on Packers minus seven. Jay's on Buffalo minus four. Bag Milk, T-Bay minus 12 and a half. Scott's got Tampa on the spread. LA Denver over 44. And the Falcons tonight, Thursday nighter. He's got them plus the points against the Carolina Panthers. All right, that's our Odd Shark segment. Big shout out to Joe Osborne for joining us. Entertaining dude. Always like catching up with Joe. Uh, that's going to do it for another episode of the Real Life Podcast. Brought to you by not just our friends at Oodle Noodle, which remember, 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards a local charity. Oodle Noodle, mwah, we love you very much. And uh, our friends at Twig and Berries, use the promo code NATION15 for 15% off your order, whether it's for yourself or for a man in your life. Save 15%. Get your Christmas shopping done you know, early and a little bit more cost-effectively. All right, episode 226 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.